Sports. Sports. And now sports. You're listening to The Coach's Corner with hosts Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff, covering UNLV and all Las Vegas sports. Your one-stop shop for sports talk. Get your butt in the gym. Hello, Las Vegas. Coach's Corner. He's Jim Bola. I am Tyler Bischoff. Golden Knights, UNLV Raiders. Got it all today. We're going to try to ignore that soccer team that I love way too much. Oh, man, are you kidding? We're going to ignore it, Jim. Nope, don't talk about it. Nope, didn't happen. <laughs> okay. Did not happen. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> We've got a couple more Golden Knights shirts to give away uh, today, so stay tuned for that. Starting with the Raiders, though, because training camp is yes. officially here. It's officially open. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a fun note from uh, Vic Tafor of The Athletic. There are 42 new players at training camp this year. <laughs> 42 guys that were not Raiders last season are at training camp this season. And, would, and they keep 58? 53 is the 53 active is roster. 53 is the actual cut-down roster. And I think... And then like 20 or something for the taxi squad or whatever. I think it's I think it's less than that. I think it's 10 or, or single digits. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's less. I might Ooh. be wrong, but I think it's even less than that. But then they must be able to practice with the team then, I would assume. I think so, if yeah. it's that... Few guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's their their main purpose. Um, so yeah, forty two new players. John Gruden said, "Yeah, this all sucks. This <laughs> all sucks. I'm going to bring in forty two new players. I'm going to end up cutting thirty of them, but I'm bringing in forty two new players yeah. to look at." So, training camp is underway for the Raiders, and the biggest story, the funnest story, well, maybe the least fun story I should go with, is Khalil Mack. Yes, Khalil Mack not being there. not there. Um, so John Gruden talked to the media today and he was asked about Adam Schefter's report yesterday where Adam Schefter said that John Gruden and Khalil Mack have not spoken right since Gruden took the job. This is the quote from John Gruden today. Is that dramatic? Really? Consider what's drama. I've talked to Khalil. Those guys aren't always a hundred percent accurate. I've talked to Khalil. I talked to Mack when I got the job. I just haven't had a lot of talk with him lately. Not much to talk about right now. Sorry. There's a lot to get to in that first, in that quote. But first, that last sentence of not much to talk about right now. Really? <laughs> I mean, one of your best players, your best defensive player, don't have anything to talk about? I think there's probably more to talk about with Khalil Mack than any other player. Even even Carr. Even Carr right now. Carr you already got. Yeah, so. even Carr. So, and you've got a relationship with him, according yeah. to all the reports we have, is that they talk about all the time. Yeah. So, but I, I think we have a reason to question if John Gruden's telling the truth, because he says he talked to Khalil Mack, and he talked to Khalil Mack when he got the job. Right. But I don't understand that timeline because he wasn't allowed to talk to players right. when, when he, he got, got the, the job. job. Yeah, he couldn't have a conversation with anybody. Like there was a whole blow up of. Marshawn Lynch has blown off a meeting with John Gruden. And then it was like, what are you guys talking about? Lynch and Gruden literally can't meet yet. Right. Like it's against the rules, the rules. for them to yeah. meet. So I I don't understand when Gruden says I talked to Khalil Mack when he got the job. When? How? Like, is he admitting that he broke the rules? I don't know. I mean, you are you are allowed to like talk to you like if you were to see your player yeah at the can, grocery store you could say hi but yes you can't talk 
You're not supposed to talk about football with right. them. Right. And so if Gruden's like, yeah, I talked to Khalil Mack. I saw him at the store and we said, what's up? That's not really talking. And that's not really right. what people care exactly. about when it comes to. So I, I don't know if I believe John Gruden when he says he talked to Khalil Mack when he got the job. And then the second part, what's there really to talk about at this point? Yeah, that's that's maybe the worst part of the whole well, thing. That, that could be a um, Mr. Agent. Uh, find me another team to go play for. <laughs> so he also went on when talking about this as far as the contract stuff, saying, you know, that's that's Reggie McKenzie. Like, you guys will have to talk to Reggie. He, he pulled a Gerard Gallant and, and kicked it to his goalie coach, basically. Yes, basically. Now, Gallant... I don't want to deal with it, so take it, to, take it to Reggie. Now, Gallant will give you a one-sentence answer of, I don't coach the goalies or talk to the goalie coach. <laughs> Gruden actually discussed Khalil Mack a little bit and then said, as yeah. far as his contract goes, that's on Reggie McKenzie. How do you feel about Gruden sort of kicking that Pawning responsibility over to, to McKenzie? That's, um, that's not a good sign right now, but... You know, does that mean he's really just focusing on what he has in camp and the big obstacle in front of him of how many of these 40-some guys <laughs> he's going to cut? To me, the, the problem, normally, normally, your head coach would give an answer like this and say, yeah, I'm the coach of this football team. You need to talk to the general manager. He's in charge of, of the personnel right. decisions. But Reggie McKenzie did not sign a 10-year, $100 million contract. And we are all well aware that John Gruden has the final say over what's happening with the Raiders yeah. roster. Like, for him to kick it to McKenzie is to throw up this sudden facade of, I, he's the general manager, you need to talk to him. Like, we all know John Gruden is the most important person in this organization. John Gruden's more important in this organization than Mark Davis is right now. Like, Davis could fire him, but John Gruden's more important than Mark Davis in this organization right now. Yeah. And for him, I don't know, for him to be like, that's that's on the GM. I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. But if it is on the GM and you're John Gruden, are you not trying to get Reggie McKenzie fired because your best player is not in camp? Well, I think you're you're leaning that way by saying, hey, whatever happens is on Reggie. And right now he's not here. Yeah. I mean, that that sounds like. Reggie McKenzie's going to get fired because he doesn't have my best player in camp. And the entire offseason, John Gruden has said over and over, we got to get Khalil Mack here. Like, he said that unprompted. Like, that's at the top of his mind, is getting Khalil Mack into camp, into practice. And for him to, to pawn it off on somebody else, and then that guy's not in trouble for not getting it done. Like, it just, I don't know. It just seems like John Gruden would be very angry at Reggie McKenzie if it actually was... All up to Reggie McKenzie. Yes, exactly. But it's not. Um, also on Khalil Mack, uh, Marcus Thompson of The Athletic, he wrote about the holdout. I'm going to read you his suggestion. This is how he started his story. Four years, $80 million, all guaranteed. No more waiting for the market to set or being afraid of setting it. No more trying to shave a few million off. Give Khalil Mack the money he wants, the money he deserves. Pay the price to continue the stability the Raiders franchise has been rightfully trying to acquire. So, good idea on the Raiders end to give Khalil Mack four years, $80 million. All guaranteed? Yep. That's never going to happen. Quarterback just got it. Kirk Cousins just got fully guaranteed deal. I just, I just don't. 
don't know. Just talk to Reggie. Yeah, that's that's who we need to talk to. Apparently, Max, the best player on the team. Um, he might be the best defensive player in the NFL. He's in the top yeah. five. Kind of depends on the year which guy is is at the top that right. year. Aaron Donald is probably above him at the moment. Another guy that's holding out. Um, does he deserve to have twenty million a season and have it fully guaranteed? Probably. I mean, that's. I don't think. Well, that's... I think for the first couple years, yeah. So give him fully guaranteed the first two, and then yeah, the next two make him make him cuttable. Make him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Say we don't know you anything anymore. The other part of that that uh, that story, that first two paragraphs there. Pay the price to continue the stability. Do you believe that the Raiders' stability depends on getting Khalil Mack signed well, and in camp? First of all, they don't have stability. But <laughs> if you want to create stability, you've got to have kind of an anchor. He's your definitely he's your anchor to create create that defensive situation that's going to be, you know, long term. Let's build upon it. Let's get it better. Um, so. I mean, he, I, he's he's a guy you got to have. You you just got to have this guy. The writer of this story, Marcus Thompson of the Athletic, he goes into later in the story talking about momentum that the Raiders have built, and he mentions signing Derek Carr to his extension last offseason. Mm-hmm. He mentions getting the move to Vegas and the brand new stadium in Vegas, getting all of that approved. Right. And he mentions signing John Gruden to the ten-year, hundred million dollar deal. And he calls all that the momentum that the Raiders have established. It's all off the field. Yeah. Hasn't translated to wins, but it's all off the field. Right. I I just don't buy that Khalil Mack is that important to the momentum of the franchise. Like, I, I think he's the most important player to this team this year. Second most, Derek Carr is more important. He's the second most important player to this team this year. But as far as, like, momentum of the franchise, because... When you say, like, you have to sign him to, to keep this momentum going or to keep the franchise stable or whatever, if they don't sign Khalil Mack and the team is terrible this year, does the stadium in Vegas go away? No. no. Does John Gruden get no. fired? No. All those other things are, are still in play. So, yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not what they're making it out to be. It's just not that. Yeah. Like I listen, I think Mac needs to be paid. I think he's extremely important to this Raiders team, but I, I, it's not like a life and death scenario for the Raiders franchise. If Khalil Mack shows up at training camp or even shows up for this season, like even if he doesn't show up for this season, it's not life and death, like all of the things they have accomplished because these next two years that they're playing before they move to Vegas, they almost don't matter. I mean, well, but I think for them to kind of appease the um, the fan base in Oakland, th- that's it, though. Like th- that's what it matters for this that's season. All, that's what it matters. Yeah, for. but then this season and, and next season, if they actually get a deal done in in Oakland to stay there, yeah, we'll see if that happens. Yeah, because we don't know where they're going to be. <laughs> but know? assuming they play in Oakland the next two years, that's what these two seasons are about: is to try to give something right. to Oakland. Right. But they're leaving Oakland in two years. They don't care what people in Oakland think anymore. So as far as the the momentum and the stability in two years, none of that matters. So like what happens these next two seasons? Sure, you'd rather win. But if they miss the playoffs the next two years, I don't know. It just To me, it's not going to kill the momentum of the franchise or whatever. 
Well, it's not going to, it's not, it's going to, it's going to leave a bad taste, I think, in yeah. the people in Oakland. It's, it's more, like you said, it's more based on how are the people in Oakland going to feel? Because it, I think the, the fan base in Oakland is basically come to the conclusion that we've lost them, but you guys owe us something. You owe us something good because you haven't been given us for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to give us something that's good. A couple of the training camp notes. Uh, no Donald Penn. He is on that physically unable to participate yes. list. Uh, so rookie Colt Miller is starting at left tackle. Uh, Brino Giacomini is starting at right tackle. If you don't remember that name, he is the free agent signing from Houston that pro football focus rated as the worst tackle in yeah. football last year. Yeah. Um, so with Donald Penn hurt, what it means for your offensive line, the interior of that line is good. Rodney Hudson, Kalechi Osamele, Gabe Jackson, your, your guards and your center are great. Like that's one of the best guard center combos in the NFL, but your tackles, we talked about Colt Miller as a rookie at one yeah. side. You've yeah. also got a guy on the other side who's probably a below-average starting tackle in the NFL. It's kind of a worry. Like to me, yeah. that, that big concern, big concern. Colt Miller could be great this year, yeah. and and maybe it doesn't doesn't become that big of a concern. But we'll see when Donald Penn gets back. And Martavis Bryant is at camp, and there's been no, there's been nothing. Not so, suspended. Yeah, it's like. And they've even said we've heard nothing from yep. the league, and <laughs> we don't know where this all came about. So the Review Journal messed up. Uh, Michael Gelkin of the RJ, who's their beat writer who lives in the Bay Area, he is the one that reported that the Raiders were worried that right. Davis Bryant might get suspended. Like, they, they screwed it up big time. But my question with it is, is if you go back and read Michael Gelkin's story on it, it was Raiders officials are worried that Martavis Bryant might be suspended and it might be related to the uh, substance abuse policy. Right, right. And so I don't know Michael Gelkin personally, but I tend to believe the Review Journal's beat writer on the Oakland Raiders would well, not make up a Raiders well, official saying that. Right, exactly. When you say Raider officials So I guess have my question concern, is somebody somebody in did. that organization said something to him or made him believe. Yeah, I mean that that to me is my best guess is there was some sort of miscommunication or misinterpretation of what it was supposed to be. Right. And and Gelkin went with something probably earlier than he should have or without getting a, a second or third source yeah. or whatever he needed to verify that. That's my best guess. But even then, the RJ and Gelkin, they haven't retracted it. No. Like, they no. haven't come. Like, if if there was simply a miscommunication and, and whatever Raiders official he talked to came back to him after the story was out and said, hey, man, that that's not what we meant. This yeah. is what we really meant. I would assume the RJ would come out and be like, oh, we, we got this wrong. This is what we actually should. Like, yeah. And they haven't done that. So... Yeah, I don't know, it's we, just we followed up on this story, and here's an update on the story. We got it wrong. If it's maybe the RJ is too good to say they got it wrong, maybe that's where the fault is. But it's just to me, it Martavis Bryant. It looks like he's going to play this year, and yes. there's nothing to worry about. Well, and especially when you had that period where the NFL penalized all like those three or four guys for yeah. substance abuse, and yeah. he wasn't one of them, and he wasn't one of them, wasn't even close, and it's just like. Okay, what about Bryant? He's going to play this year, but to me, it, it 
I do believe there was something there. There was something that had somebody with the Raiders worried that Martavis Bryant was going to get suspended again because I, I do not believe the beat reporter from the RJ would have just completely made it up. Like yeah. I, I believe there there was well, at but, least some smoke somewhere. But then again, as you said, how long ago was that story? Uh, it was right when they finished... I think it was the end of March when they yeah. had that like three-day thing. And there's been thing. really nothing yeah. since then. Now it's he's good to go. He's in camp. So yeah. I tend to believe there was something. At least somebody was concerned. Yeah. And nothing happened of it. Yeah. So. And hopefully it wasn't like an equipment manager or something. You know? <laughs> Coach's Corner, Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff are brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Try to be connected sports betting app. It is the easiest way to bet on sports in Vegas, and it is free to download. Remember old Vegas where the golf courses were right outside your door? The Casablanca Mesquite is just like Vegas used to be. Now, at bookmesquitegolf.com, you can build your own room and golf getaway starting at $100. Mesquite Golf Packages draw golfers from all over the country to play on scenic and challenging courses. Stay in a deluxe tower room and choose from six golf courses within a six-minute drive from the Casablanca Resort and Spa. Build your own golf getaway at bookmesquitegolf.com. Choose from six unique and challenging courses for every golfer. Find the course to match your skill level. The Palms, Falcon Ridge, Conestoga, Oasis Palmer, Oasis Canyons, or Casablanca Golf Club. So pack your clubs and reserve a tee time. Go to bookmesquitegolf.com and customize your perfect golf getaway at the Casablanca Resort and Spa. Stay at the Casablanca Resort and Spa. It's just like Vegas used to be. You're listening to The Coach's Corner with hosts Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff, covering UNLV and all Las Vegas sports. Coach's Corner brought to you by Casablanca Resort in Mesquite, Nevada. You golfing Mesquite, visit golfingmesquite.com to book your getaway today. Golden Knights are going to be the the home of the West rookies. The host. This is going to be the the epicenter. Just like it's AAU basketball time in Las Vegas, it's going to be NHL rookie time in Vegas. So the Golden Knights are going to host a basically a rookie camp tournament. Uh, It'll be four days in September, the 8th or the 11th. And it'll be Arizona, San Jose, the Kings, Anaheim, Colorado are all sending their rookie teams to Vegas, to City National Arena. They'll have three games of days. They'll play three games in a row, three, five, and seven. Um, and you'll be able to buy tickets at some point. They haven't released ticketing information for some reason. Well, that's going to be interesting. There's going to be a can't wait list for tickets, Jeff. Yes. $100 deposit on the can't wait list for rookie camp tickets. And as they become available, they will let you know, but you don't get that $100 back. Um, but I love this, though. Like, rook, it's rookie camp. So it's not that exciting. It's not going to be William Carlson and Marc-Andre Fleury. Right, right. So it's rookie camp. But as far as like, what can you do with a rookie camp to make it fun? Having a tournament with six other teams or five other teams coming to your practice facility to play in, not really a tournament, but just to play everybody is great. Like, I think that's, that's terrific. I, I love it. And I'm fairly certain people here are going to want to see it. Well, and it puts the it puts the rookies in a position where you get to actually play, and you get to evaluate your you know all these uh, GMs and their scouts and stuff will be there to evaluate them, and 
You know, so when they go back home, they go, you're cut, you're cut, you're cut. <laughs> so it's great. It's a great idea. I am disappointed, though. My uh, one disappointment is that this is apparently going to rotate to other different, cities. Different cities, yeah. Next year, it's apparently going to be in Anaheim. I guess they're opening a new practice facility sometime oh, okay. soon. And so Anaheim's going to host it next year. But I am 100% selfish and think, just put it here. This should be here. West Coast yeah. should be here. Like I, When they play rookie camp games in Anaheim, I am not going to care. I am <laughs> not going to care at all. When they play him here, I'll care. Yeah, I'll pay attention to it. Um, so yeah, but it, so it won't be your big stars, but you'll have your your Cody Glass, your Nick Suzuki's, your first round draft picks from 2017. Um, hopefully Jake Bischoff's there. I'm assuming Jake Bischoff will be there. He wasn't at the uh, the development camp, which I think is a good sign. He's developed beyond the development Develop, camp. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think he'll still be at the rookie uh, in rookie camp with the Golden Knights. On the prospects of the Golden Knights here. Scott Wheeler of The Athletic ranked the top 50 prospects in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And there are three Golden Knights on the list. All of their first rounders from 2017. Cody Glass is 28. Right. Nick Suzuki is 30th. Right. And Eric Brandstrom is 43rd. Okay. I know we're taking the opinion of a random guy writing for The Athletic. It's probably harsh to call him random guy writing for The Athletic. But we're taking the opinion of a guy writing for The Athletic. But... Mike, when I, when I clicked on this, my first thought was, where is Cody Glass? Because George McPhee, reportedly, George McPhee did not trade for Eric Carlson at the yep, deadline. Would not give him up. Because he did not want to give up Cody Glass. Yep, they wanted Cody Glass, and George McPhee said nope, and they go, well, then no deal. And again, this is a guy writing for The Athletic, George McPhee's opinion, probably. Very different from this guy, I understand that, but... If we were to take at face value that Cody Glass is the 28th best prospect in hockey, why the hell would you not trade that for Eric Carlson? Because if you're the if you're 28th best, it's good, but it's not. It's not great. You're not yeah. like that's not guaranteed superstar status. Like that that's not how that works. Right. There is like almost every other team might have a player better than you because you're 28th in a 31 team league. Yeah. And so that to me is, that was the first thing I thought of. Cause I was like, I was kind of expecting Cody glass to be in the top 10. Like that was kind of my mindset when because you, of when you went to click on it, you're like, yeah. okay, let's see how high up we got. Yeah. And cause if you listen, if you've got one of the best prospects in all of hockey, yeah, it makes sense. Don't trade him for Eric Carlson. Right. He might be really, really good in the future, and you could have him on his rookie deal. And then instead of it costing you ten or eleven million dollars, you're going to pay that guy six hundred and fifty thousand dollars for like five years. It's going to be great. But when he's twenty eight, it just yeah, it just seems I don't know. Also, and this I'm this I'm probably looking way too much into this, but Cody Glass is ranked twenty eighth on this list. He was taken back in twenty seventeen. He was taken as the fourth center. In that draft, it was the number sixth overall pick. There were two defensemen and three centers taking ahead of him. Two of the guys taken ahead of him already in the NHL. One of the other guys taken ahead of him is second on this prospect list. Cody Glass is nowhere near. I shouldn't say nowhere near, but he's probably not making the NHL this season. But the thing that had me sort of scratching my head is 
there were four other centers ranked ahead of Cody Glass mm-hmm. that were taken after Cody Glass in the first round of 2017. Ooh, that's not a good sign. And again, random guy for the athletic and his opinion. I understand that. But uh, overall, my point is, if you take this story with any credibility, Cody Glass was not good enough to be the thing that held up the Eric Carlson trade. Like, that's just, he just is yeah. not good enough for that. Yeah. I mean, if that was, if that's what the whole trade teetered on, yikes. Bad decision. You're listening to The Coach's Corner with hosts Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff. Every sport you find exciting. Covering UNLV and all Las Vegas sports. Coach's Corner is brought to you by Casablanca Resort in Mesquite, Nevada. Are you golfing Mesquite? Visit golfingmesquite.com to book your getaway today. We've got t-shirts to give away. Yes, we have a pair of Golden Knight t-shirts. These are children's size shirts, a medium and a large. So uh, these are the Western Conference Championship t-shirts, black. And these come to us from our friends at Royal Pacific of Las Vegas. So if you're interested in, you've got a large group, you need a quick order done on t-shirts or golf shirts or any kind of uh, novelty things. They have over a, a million items in their inventory that they can label for you. Uh, I was talking to, to my friend the other day. They can actually label candy bars for you. <laughs> I don't know how. but The wrapper or the actual the wrapper, bar? The okay, wrapper. Okay. The wrapper. So, I was going to say, why would you want the actual bar? You're no, just the, wrapper, okay. the wrapper would have your, your brand on it. So we could have Coates' Corners um, candy bars. So this is, these are two children's uh, T-shirts, uh, Western Knights Conference Champion Tees, black, a medium, and large, 702-257-5396, 702-257-5396 to win the two T-shirts for the children that you either have or grandchildren, nieces, nephews, whatever. They're short people, Jim. People can fit into that. Not everybody's seven foot two like you are. So one more time for you, that phone number is 702 702- Two five seven five three nine six seven zero two two five seven five three nine six. First caller who will get both of those T-shirts. We might come back to some Gold Knight stuff, but Mike Romala wrote a story on the AAU events in yes. Vegas. Yeah, he actually talked to me about this a little and bit. So, if this could be the end of these AAU tournaments, we talked about this when the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Proposed wanting to get rid of these events and move them to to college camp, college campuses and staffs, and it's a nightmare. Basically, the NCAA wants control. They're afraid of these shoe companies and the letters AAU, and they want control over it because DeAndre Ayton might have gotten some money from Arizona, and they're scared of that. Right. Um, You don't think, though? You don't believe this? The NCAA is going to be able to stop this? I don't think they're going to be successful. They might be able to do it the first year. But I think there's going to be, I mean, as I told you, that one tournament, how many teams did I say there were? 707. 707 teams at one of the tournaments here in town <laughs> at 500 a pop per per team. Um, and that's before they start selling shirts and doing all the other stuff that they do. Now, again, granted, there are expenses. You know, you, you've got to pay for the gym time and referees and things like that. But uh, it, it's it's a money-making proposition for these people that put these things on and i just see them suing and as i said this was this was imposed when i was still coaching 
by the coaches association. They went to the NCAA and said, we want, we want these in, oh, the coaches our, wanted to get rid of it. Well, the coaches association. Don't say the coaches. Oh, it was sorry. the coaches association. Do they you know? do they not represent the coaches? No, they don't. Not all the time. <laughs> so, so what happened was the issue. The issue with in in our uh, time was the packets. So yes. you would pay for a packet, and there'd be hardly any information in it at all. So we were saying these guys were just ripping us off, and you know you got to go to these camps, and they're they're not. They're charging us for the packet, you know, and you got to buy a packet for each coach or you can't come in. And so, so we tried this. And what happened is one of the events, um, the teams boycotted. They didn't, they just didn't go. Really? All of them? Yeah. They just oh, didn't, great. they just didn't go. So there was no event at that one site. Um, so I think in this case, you're, I mean, I was up at, I went up to the Fabulous 48. I mean, and it's just packed. <laughs> And there's every coach from every top 25 teams there. The assistants are there. All the, you know, mid-level D1, D2 coaches are there. And um, it's too big a business, man. It's just too big a business that, you know, someone's going to come back and say, this is restrictive trade. Uh, this isn't fair. You, you, you don't have the right to restrict us making money in the summer. This is a quote in this story in the sun from Anthony Brown and he yeah. runs the team, the Las Vegas prospects and yeah. they are sponsored by Nike, right? This is his quote. If the proposal does go through, I'll speak from the Nike standpoint. If I'm Nike, we're still doing our events. We're just live stream them. If I'm a coach, you can't tell me I can't watch this from my computer, right? They'll still hold the camps and the coaches will still watch. You've just empowered the local media, the internet scouts and the companies that do the live streaming videos. I love so much that the NCAA had, they haven't really done anything other than sort of say, yeah. Hey, we might want to, we're thinking change about this. doing this. Yeah. And there is already, oh, all right, no. this is how we work around it. Yeah. This no, is what we do. There's five workarounds already <laughs> being, trust me, there's five plus they're going to sue still. I just, I just love that so much that there, there is already. All right, fine. NCAA, we're still going to do it. You don't control Nike. You don't control these AAU teams. Mm -hmm. You might be able to ban your coaches from showing up, but we got the internet, dude. We're going to be able to show this to everybody. Yeah. So, this, like, this isn't China where you're going to be able to turn <laughs> off the internet. I just genuinely love that. And I, I also really hope that the that NCAA, it happens, that it happens, that the NCA try, like, they go, they get all this done and they try to, like, ban coaches from watching things on the internet. Like, they try to say, you cannot watch a live stream of whatever during this July week that these tournaments are, whatever yeah. it would be. You're going to send a memo out to all the compliance officers. You need to <laughs> monitor on, the Wi Fi. You need to check on your coaches and see what they're watching on their computers or big screen TVs, <laughs> their smart TVs in their office. And, man, it's, but like you said, you know, the workarounds are – anytime there's these kind of proposals, and I said this to Mike, I said 99% of the time these proposals come from a group of people that have no practical experience in the field that they're making decisions over. Isn't that 99% of all proposals and yeah, everything? Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but with the NCA, it's just like guaranteed. Oh, we'll have this committee, 
And, I mean, we got Condoleezza Rice. They'll heading, solve it, yeah. Heading this committee. Listen, if Condoleezza Rice doesn't know about AAU basketball in Las Vegas, nobody does. She's got it covered there. There was this quote from Marvin Menzies in there, and he didn't want... It was want, kind of a quote, but not a quote. Well, he... <laughs> He didn't want to say he didn't want to. It was almost like talking to him about a recruit where yeah. he's like, I can't, can't really I can't, say no, anything. No, no, I don't want to get in trouble here. I just. Uh... But part of his quote was this. I do believe change is coming and I do believe it will be significant. So I, I guess my question is, like, what could that change be aside from just putting him on and live stream? Like, like, what could be the, the change that somehow the NCA works with the shoe companies and AAU that. Man, I don't know. I think. You know, the the whole thing, it's it starts at the top. I mean, I've had some discussion with some other um, reporters and some of the uh, college coaches and stuff like that. It starts with the NBA. That's where it's all – It's they make a decision, and it affects yeah. everything coming down the line. So the one and done has had this type of effect on these issues because in even his comment is yeah. you're going to change these rules for five players. Yeah, because that, that's the problem is – Probably more than just the best players in college basketball are getting paid. Yeah. But the biggest issue is a guy like DeAndre Ayton, who is the number one overall pick in the draft. Right. After spending a year at Arizona, he gets allegedly paid right. to go play at Arizona. Right. And that is the problem with the NCAA. Yeah. Do they care about if some three-star kid gets a few hundred bucks to no. go somewhere? No. Maybe at some point they will. But. The biggest problem is a guy like DeAndre Ayton. If the yeah, NBA, it's your, high, it's your high profile kids. Yeah. If the NBA gets rid of the one and done rule, and you can go straight from college to the NBA or straight from high school to the NBA, you don't have that issue. Yeah, nobody's paying DeAndre Ayton to go to Arizona because no. he's going he's straight to going. the NBA. He's not going. He's going right <laughs> to the NBA, and make real money. So, yeah, you're right. The NBA does control. It controls <laughs> college not basketball. In any of this, but they have. But they control have the control. <laughs> Their decisions have an impact on all this other stuff that filters down. So if the NBA gets rid of the one and done and kids can go right from high school, that's going to eliminate a lot of these uh, issues. Yeah. I mean, you will. You'll still have problems. Yes, of course. But it more than I mean, unless the boosters just say, okay, <laughs> we can't get the best 15 guys this year. We'll just move down to the next 15, I mean, which is plausible too. But right. Right. presumably it's not going to be nearly as bad if – the guys that are one and done just go without doing the one. They're just high school and done from there on. Um, Team USA is practicing, practicing, practicing at the yeah. Mendenhall this week. Mm-hmm. What great exposure for you and LV. I'm curious because we did this. Uh, we did that topic on the uh, study that basically said facilities yeah. don't really what kind, impact What kind of recruiting. impact do they have on your recruiting and your success? Yeah, and I see I see a bunch on Twitter. Two Two different things. One... Look how great it is that UNLV gets all this exposure. And two, why does UNLV suck when they get all this exposure? <laughs> I see those two things a lot on Twitter this week. But I'm curious, like, does Team USA practicing at UNLV actually benefit them when it comes to, like, recruiting and things? No. Like, no. I no. don't really see it. Don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think it's more, I think what it really comes down to, the NBA guys like Vegas. They just they love Vegas. They have their players association meetings here. Um, you know, now that the summer league is based out of here, they they all love that. And 
you know, they're the ones that wanted to have the USA basketball here. And you've got a great facility in Mendenhall. Come on, let's let's be realistic. It's a great facility because it's not like they're bringing in 100 guys. You know, it's a, it's a small group of guys, so it's a great facility. And like I said, I think the players are the ones that saying, we want to go to Vegas. We don't want to go to uh, Grand Rapids, yeah. Michigan for camp. Come on. Should do it in uh, Colorado Springs. Isn't that where the, That's where the headquarters Olympic is, yeah. headquarters is? Yeah. The Olympic headquarters is. You guys are going to Colorado Springs from now on. Sorry, we can't do Vegas. Didn't they? They used to do this, this Team USA training before Mendenhall. They used to do it just in a high school here, right? So it, Mendenhall is nice, but everybody's like, oh, look how great Mendenhall is. Team USA uses it. Oh, yeah. Another reason we got to go. Yeah. It's like they were practicing in high school before. It's more like you said about Las Vegas and they just want to be here. They want, it's, I'm just telling put you. Them it's, a, just give them a gym somewhere. It's the Las good. Vegas that the players want to be in Vegas. They love the town. They all get taken care of. You know, it's like when, they, when USA basketball comes to town, and I don't know if with the what's happened at the win, they all used to stay at the win. Because I got a phone call one time with that um, Curry wanted to play Shadow Creek. <laughs> Did you he know? play Shadow Creek? And I said to the guy, I said, "Listen, I said here's the deal with Shadow Creek: you got to stay at an MGM property. They're staying at the win, so you got an issue to begin with right now." And so then I talked to the guy at Shadow Creek, and he goes. Curry and Chris Paul come out here all the time and play. What's the big issue? Why are they calling you? Yeah, why are they talking to you? Why are they calling you? I'm like, oh, I'm just, hey, someone called me and said that they wanted to know if I could help them out a little bit. And so, an but, unnecessary middleman. But they were all headquartered at the Wynn. And at that time, the Wynn had their own golf course. So he was pushing them to, you know, stay in on property. And if you wanted to play golf, you go right out the back door and play. And there was nobody out there playing. Um, and, and, you know, the wind's not a bad hotel to be at. I mean, it's a really nice hotel. But, you know, it was like you couldn't you couldn't talk to them about going to any other property. It was going, nope, we got to be at the wind. We're at the wind. We're, we're at the wind. Nothing's going to change. Give me an estimate on how many AAU teams you think are in Las Vegas right now. Oh, my God. There, that was one tournament. Yeah, there was 700 was seven teams. And you've got four. There's at least four major tournaments like that. And so 3000 3000 maybe 4000 that's that's absurd i know you can't get a car a rent a car <laughs> yeah we talked about this <laughs> i mean I did, today i had i dropped my daughter off had to drive to the m to drop my daughter off because their their high school team is doing a team bonding thing down in newport beach so the dad one of the dads is driving him down in a van he had to, to get a van he had to rent a van in la and drive it to vegas <laughs> oh man so he could take them to Newport Beach, <laughs> and then he's ringing them back, and then he's got to take the band back to he Vegas. Does. He can't just yeah, leave it he can't here? can't drop it here. Oh, man. And he goes, every rent-a-car place is sending all their vans and stuff to, to Vegas. <laughs> we don't have rental, rental vans available in Mesquite or St. No, George I, or something? I don't. I guess not. I mean, Whew, it's, it's crazy. That so, sucks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's – I mean – I'd like to be, like I said, I'd like to be able to get hold of uh, Las Vegas events and see what kind of economic impact <laughs> this has in the city. The old- because that would be another issue to, to address this NCA and say, well, wait a minute, man. In Vegas, you know, you'll get, let's get, let's get the mayor on this, man. Yeah. What do you mean we're not going to have tournaments? This is the kind of impact this has on our city. The only problem is LVCVA would be like, they're minors. We don't care about minors. That's doesn't, the only problem. It doesn't matter. It's non-gaming <laughs> revenue. 
It's non-gaming revenue. It's rooms. It's food. It's, you know, you got the parents coming in. I mean, besides the kids, you've got the parents coming in. You got LeBron with his entourage of 30. And then he gets booed or not booed, heckled out heckled. of a gym. Guy, guy in a Michael Jordan jersey. Yep. He's never coming back. Him. You guys ruined it for us. Coach's Corner, Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff, brought to you by Boyd Gaming. There are so many ways to be satisfied at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Enjoy cocktails and steaks the way nature intended at Alder and Birch. Visit the newly updated Prime Rib Loft. Experience the all-new Bailiwick Gastro Pub to share unique dining selections, try new craft draft beers, and enjoy great live music. Dine at Andori Asian Kitchen for authentic Chinese entrees or choose from a large selection of sushi and Japanese cuisine. Check out the all-new Copper Whisk Cafe, open 24 hours with a menu that is sure to entice any palate. So savor the latest and greatest variety of flavors at the Orleans. You're listening to The Coach's Corner with hosts Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff. Cover UNLV and all Las Vegas sports. Coach's Corner up our show here on friday all right best segment we've ever done stadium of horrors time stadium of horrors this is actually jim triumphant story oh that's this this is interesting it is the atlanta falcons and their roof Yes, we finally have an it ending. works. It's functioning properly. Falcons opened their new stadium last year. Um, it was supposed to open on March 1st of last year. Right. It did not open until August 26th right. of last year. And Atlanta United, the MLS team that is owned by Arthur Blank, who owns the Falcons, were supposed to play their entire season in this stadium. In this stadium, yeah. They had to play at Georgia Tech. Yes, because because, the, because of the having trouble with the roof the roof wouldn't open the mercedes-benz stadium in atlanta tried out this cool new retractable roof and Mm -hmm. basically it's supposed to open and close like a camera lens yes looks cool seems kind of pointless but for some reason it was broken yeah whoever put it in didn't work and they just had to close it up and open the stadium without their their fancy retractable retractable roof. roof yes Coolest feature of the stadium? Maybe. I say coolest. They thought it was the coolest. Yeah. Doesn't work. But now it does. Now it does. Yeah. I saw it on Twitter. They Twittered it. They put a Twitter out and they had video of it opening and closing. I'm like, oh, okay, you're only a year late. But <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's, it's been, what was, that'd be about 17, 16, 17 months from yeah. when the stadium was supposed, supposed to open to, with a functioning roof to when it's actually completely 100% right. good to go. Yeah. Cuz they even had roof. some issues with um, rain get dripping through. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So don't try a fancy new roof, I think is the answer. Don't try to do a camera lens roof if you've got a strict deadline of like yeah. sports it teams was, playing. Uh, it's a it's an interesting design. Have you seen like the concourse and stuff of the stadium? Yeah. I have not. No. Yeah. They've uh I saw there was pictures when they had the national championship game there. They did a really good job of, you know, for the for the universities and stuff like that. I mean, there's tons of room. So, um, so they've done a they've done a good job. Now, does he own the stadium, Blank? 
I do not know the answer. Or to is that. this one of those other deals where they got money from the county to? I do not know the answer to that. No, um, we know we know the baseball stadium is not. Yeah, it's yeah. All, that that's in Cobb all. County. That's uh, in Cobb. This county. is not in Cobb. So no, no. So it's probably not as big of a disaster as the Brave Stadium in Cobb County. Um, but the Falcons did last year their value concessions. Yes. Um, and everybody's like, oh wow, an NFL team that's only going to charge you a couple bucks for food or whatever. Yeah. The Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks, are doing the same thing. Are basically copying them, and it's like I think you can get certain beers for five bucks, and yep. then they've got a bunch of food options for yeah. one, two, down three, to a buck. Bucks. Yeah, down to a buck. Yeah, and so it's two teams, and they're both in Atlanta, and you can say the Hawks are just just copying yeah. the Falcons, yeah. and the Hawks are going to suck this year, so yeah, give them a reason to show up or something, kind of like UNLV doing the eat all you can. But I guess my question is, should should we expect this to catch on more? Like. At some point, do the Golden Knights or the Raiders, when they're here, have a, a value concession stand option? I don't know, but I, I think what in this case, they actually had more products sold. So it was it was the old typical, we'll make it up in volume deal. <laughs> and it worked. So the Hawks are like going, well, if it works for those guys, it should work for us. But, you know, it's all going to depend upon do we have enough people in the building they want to do the value thing. But, yeah, the, the beer... The most expensive item on the value menu is a $5 beer. Yeah. Bottled water was like a buck. Yeah. And, like, you never get a bottle of water for no. a buck at a stadium. Come on. Uh, I can't remember the dollar amount. But during the Stanley Cup final, I think the Golden Knights were charging 20-plus bucks for a beer. Maybe 30 or Well, for the like big that. beer. For the big beer. No, no. For just your your 12 ounces. Pour it out of the can? I think so, yeah. I, I'm... I know this is this is secondhand knowledge. I didn't. Well, I know when myself. I would. I know when I would leave the arena, I would. I would never go down to the bottom level. I would always get on the concourse because it was shorter. Yeah. Um, and I'd walk by and I'd see the prices for like the drinks and stuff, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> man, this is like you know a glass of wine, twelve bucks. So when are they going to cut that in half or more? And be like, okay, yeah. Well, I don't think that's a Knights deal. I think that's a T-Mobile deal. Is it a T-Mobile deal? I think it's a T-Mobile deal, yeah. So T-Mobile needs to pay attention. T-Mobile Arena needs to pay attention. I think it's a T-Mobile deal, so. What we need. Okay, I tried to ignore it, but Las Vegas Lights lost. Man, I just, I turned it on last night, and I'm watching it. And then. What a nightmare. Two guys got kicked out? Yeah. So they're playing Seattle Sounders 2. Last place in the West, they were 3-13-2 overall, had lost six straight, had scored one goal in their last four games. They beat the Lights 3-0 last night. And Las Vegas Lights got two red cards in roughly 90 seconds. Yeah. Right before the end of the first half. Right. Like, Jesus. Like, I I got a small bit of hope. I was like, man, they're playing a bad team. They just won. If they win again, they're going to be... They're, they're going to be they're, in striking. They're, they're in position to, yeah, make a move. Yeah. And then could like, as far as meltdowns go for this team, this might be the worst, like to have two guys get red cards. You had one guy, Marcelo Alatorre was one of the defenders, got a yellow card early on. And then later on shoved a guy probably should have gotten a second <laughs> yellow and sent off then. But the ref came over to him and was like, calm down or you're getting sent off, sent out of this game right before halftime in first half ends. He comes in with a two-footed tackle and just takes the guy out. Not even close to the ball. Just takes yeah. the dude out. Yeah. Yellow card. Second yellow card. Probably should have been a straight red card, honestly. But second yellow card, and he gets sent off. About 90 seconds later, 
Carlos Alvarez, who's the captain of the team, just forearm shivers a guy in the face. Just no clue why. Just forearm straight to the guy's face. Ref is like, yeah, that's a red card. You're gone too. So instead of going down, going into halftime down one nothing, with a chance to come back against the worst team in the league, which they would have, they now have to play 11 versus nine right. for the second 45 minutes. Right. And they end up giving and up. And then the goalie comes out and does a tackle. Oh, yeah. Farino was bad early. Yeah. The first goal was kind of his fault. No, no. But I'm saying the, on the penalty kick. Oh, yeah. He gave away a penalty. That's yeah. right. He comes out on a tackle and not even close. Yeah, yeah. He also did save another penalty. So evens out in, in my book for him. <laughs> so Ricardo Farino, keep being wonderful. Coach's Corner, he's Jim Bola. I'm Tyler Bischoff. We will not see you next week.